When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. ESPN, uh, I said app already. Did how many times? Well, allow myself to introduce myself. On Sirius XM Channel 80, your smart speakers say play ESPN. We pop right up. Download the podcast. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. ESPN football analyst, former NFL wide receiver Harry Douglas is in for key today. <clears throat> so, guys, first of all, good morning. Good morning, everyone. Have good a good morning, weekend. Good morning, good morning. Good morning. You have a good weekend working and traveling through the snow and everything, Jay? Nice and rested now? Yeah, yeah. I, got, I saw some good college hoops this weekend. You know, Illinois, Trent Frazier made a shot down the stretch to beat Michigan State. Made Tom Izzo have an out-of-body experience. But uh, it was still good to be back in the mix. So when you get when you get home, did you get any rest, or the kids uh, did the kids let you rest at all? No, my kids never let me rest. <laughs> never. <laughs> not, likes, there's question. no such thing. There's no such Harry, thing. Jay no likes telling thing. the story about how, uh, like a year ago or whatever it was, <laughs> he had started a year or two. He'd started working on this show, and I saw him in the halls one day, and I was like, "Damn, Jay, you look tired." <laughs> Max right. is coming in here at 10 o'clock looking all rejuvenated, oh, I refreshed. Yeah, I used What's to get up 6.30, 7 o'clock sometimes. <laughs> Jay, you look tired. tired. Then he saw me after doing this show for about a month. <laughs> he was like, okay, yeah. all right, you are where I was. Yes, then. welcome to the game. All right, so uh, LeBron James, guys, said the door is, quote, not closed on a potential return to the Cleveland Cavaliers and that his last season in the league, and this is a quote, will be played with my son in an interview with The Athletic ahead of Sunday's All-Star game. So here's the question. And by the way, I noticed LeBron said, at that point, it's not about money. In other words, I'll make it work with your cap. Don't worry about it. As the kids say, no cap. (laughs) Max, get out of here. Okay, Max. Should. It wasn't applicable, but. Should. Well, no, but it is no cap. Yeah, it just, no yeah well, the word. So, yeah, yeah it, it doesn't make word. sense. It's yeah, it doesn't no make cap. sense at all, but I get it. Should the Knicks, ah, you could stretch, you could stretch and say it makes sense. Should the Knicks go all in on Bronny James in order to lure his father to New York? Could LeBron's last great accomplishment be to save this pathetic laughing stock of a franchise run by the worst owner? potentially in sports, Jim Dolan, the pathetic and laughable New York Knicks. Is that what should happen? What do you guys think? Jay, what do you think? I would love to see it happen uh, just because I think it would be something very much so that the Knicks would do in LeBron James' last year of his career. Um, I don't think that's what the Knicks should do. No, not at all. Uh, th- this to me is you got to burn a draft pick. On a, on a guy who's not worth the pick, and then you got to get a guy in his last year who's probably not going to be as good anymore. But also, like, a high draft pick. Yeah. Like, people are sitting there, oh, well. Yeah, the Knicks have those. Don't worry about that. I, I know what you're saying, <laughs> but I'm saying, like, you're, you're burning, like, a potential. Look, realistically, guys, if you're telling me that LeBron James is willing to leave his situation and play one last year with his son 
Think about the visibility. Think about the economics around what that would do for a franchise. What that would do for a franchise. That franchise would be the most watched franchise in all sports. Right? It's like if we had known Tom Brady, this was going to be his last year. Think about how we made it such a big deal on Kobe's last hurrah. Yeah. Right? Like the retirement tours for people. Like if you had known this was going to be Tom Brady's last career, the ratings were already off the roof. But we would have been watching every game. Everything would have been so much more intense. Like so the value that he brings to a franchise. So not just about burning a first-round pick. Like that's a good three. Like that's a lottery pick potentially that you will be burning it's perfect on Knicks Bronny move. James. It's the perfect Knicks move. And, and but, but you can name franchises. What franchises out here, J.D., that you have that will be willing to sacrifice having LeBron in his last year, drafting his son, and oh, making yeah. money market-wise? I mean, all the the franchise Charlotte, Charlotte, yeah, I mean, Michael like Jordan, Detroit. Jay. It's funny, Detroit, Mike, Michael Jordan jumped New to Orleans, mind. Sac, yeah. Sacramento. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, you can go through the names of the teams that are at the bottom of the league now. Be like, hey, look, if this is our chance, and and then maybe that creates some allure. You know, then we can get some other. Hey, see how we're doing. See how we're branding. See how we're marketing. Seeing what we're willing to go through to be relevant for the people. The balls and the bronze on the same team. That's be nuts. It's a show. And by the way, there's a reality show around that. Come on, man. You said the LeBrons. I mean, that's it's always a bigger show. piece to the puzzle. Yeah, I mean, what it seems to me, and I, I said this earlier in the show, um, if you look at the Lakers, I always thought, I, this is just me talking, that Magic, LeBron, and Kobe were in a kind of a power struggle to see who was going to eventually buy that franchise from the Bus family. The Bus family is very interesting because they are, this is their business. They don't. This is not their vanity project. This is their business. They're a bunch of siblings, and they make money from this team. But the team is worth what at this point? $5 billion, something crazy, right, in reality if they tried to sell it? Well, for those siblings and stuff, that's the hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars in a payout and a lump sum. They ain't living like that, not all of them, not right now. So that's a real thing that people have speculated the team could be for sale eventually, at least a big piece of it. And – Magic fronted a group to buy the Dodgers, and then he was out. And I thought, oh, here comes Clutch Sports. This is, you know, they're taking over. But they didn't get their guy hired. By the way, Ty Lue would not made the coach, right? Like, that's when I saw, oh, wait, Rob Palenka was made GM? Oh, my. You know what? To me, that meant Kobe is going to buy the Lakers eventually. Mm. Now, sadly, that'll never happen. Um, but it does make me wonder – does LeBron have designs on buying the Lakers and has come to realize, no, it's not going to happen here, but I can maybe buy a team in another market, and that's what he's setting up for? Ooh. I don't know, but it, but I don't put anything past LeBron because he's so intelligent on so many different levels. I know a lot of people look at LeBron from a basketball standpoint, but when you look at him from a business, as a business mogul, um, and I'll say this, I think he gave the blueprint for putting your homies on, mm-hmm. right? Putting them on in a lot of different areas of business and life so they can be successful. So to see a LeBron uh, uh, say that he doesn't probably want to own a team, I think that's ludicrous because <laughs> <laughs> he has that mindset where a lot of athletes, Jay, and you can attest to this, don't have the mindset of business when they're in these positions. Look, I have a podcast on NPR called The Limits in which I interview Maverick Carter, and he literally talks about the growing pains that he had with LeBron James and how 
how they went about building out the footprint of utilizing content to then amplify all their business moves, right? And that moves the needle for a lot of organizations, even to how they got involved with Dre Beats and how he literally got everybody, you know, an Olympic team to rock the headphones when they came off the plane without even owning equity within Dre Beats yet. And then they got it, him and Jimmy Iovine. I mean, it's an incredible story about how they've continued to build, right? Even with Rich Paul and Clutch, the most powerful agent in the game of basketball right now. But here, here's another lesson that I want to say I'm glad I'm seeing. And, Harry, you said it during the call that we had yesterday. The amount of business that LeBron James just got for his son, he just elevated his son in such a beautiful way. He raised the stock for his son. And let's be real, as a real hooper, and we've had conversations on the show about Bronny before, like, I think Bronny's good. You know, his game obviously needs to go levels above where he's at to be drafted in the first round. Levels above. But not the, now. DeJuan right? Wagner's son just killed him. Exactly. And DeJuan <laughs> Wagner's son will be a first-round yes. pick. Bronny is not a first-round pick right now. It's not to knock him. It's just where he is, right? Yep. Not saying he can't grow and mature into that. But LeBron James has made his son a first-round pick, potentially a lottery pick. You know what's interesting And that's nepotism. That. We see that with a guy like Dolan who owns the Knicks, right? Things get passed down through lineage in your family. That's right. And that's what LeBron James just did for his son. And now he, his son will be, be able to have wealth. He already had it. Through his dad, but now he will be able to have it. Now look, and his son might. His son, how old is Bronny? Seventeen. I think he's in eleventh grade, uh, right? I'm gonna find out right so, now. So, so like he might not be done growing. Like Bronny might wind up six, 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 seven. Six, like we don't know. He's still like he's seventeen people, years old. You're right. Yeah, people could grow to their twenty-two years old. His dad is six foot eight. So let's see. But what's interesting to me about what LeBron's doing here, and I know blood is thicker than mud. I get it, right? But his whole thing that you brought up, Harry, about taking people along with him. It's not like he gave him a free ride. He provided opportunity yes. from, kid, from kids that go. he knew in high school. There you go. And those who carried their weight and brought something to the table are with him right are now. Are with him now. And those who didn't aren't, right? Like, so, but that's not the case here. Here he's saying, this is my blood. Whatever he deserves or doesn't deserve, if you draft him, you're getting me. And by the way, if you have a cap issue... Don't worry about Don't it. Don't worry about it. No cap. We're going to show you some left. We're going to show you some, some leniency. <laughs> no cap. It, it just, it, it was, I mean, it is the, real. The other interesting knot here to tie is that all this is happening in Cleveland. He makes a shot last night, happened in Cleveland. He makes a comments about everything that they were able to do in OKC with Sam Presti and the jab at Rob Palenka again in Cleveland. He makes a comment about Bronny in Cleveland. He left Cleveland to go down to Miami to learn under Pat Riley and D. Wade to a degree. He came back to Cleveland, a place in which they burned this man's jersey. Maybe, maybe he thinks Gilbert will to the win. I mean, think about what he means for that city and how fans and people would say, there's one team LeBron James should buy, Dan Gilbert. Let, let, let LeBron James have a piece of the Cleveland Cavaliers. By the way, you mentioned Pat Riley. And you know why Pat Riley left the Knicks for the Heat, really? is he thought they had an understanding. I think he was supposed to get like 5% of the team. Yeah, Knicks it. were like, nope. Mickey Harris was like, yeah, here. There you come go. down here. That's what I'm trying to say. But it you, would be in the best business interest of Dan Gilbert to say, LeBron, come into this ownership group. Keyshawn, but, but, get, get, get. But I'll tell you this. LeBron is playing chess when a lot of people are playing checkers, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max is brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Get the $45 Silver Unlimited plan from Straight Talk Wireless. 
And we've got a dust-up right now. Jawan Howard and Greg Gard were going nose-to-nose, and now we got a problem. we got a wrestling match going on. Yeah, there were some punches in there. Is it got nasty there in the end. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max is brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Annie up. <laughs> Annie up. Don't put your hands on Jawan Howard. Uh, get the, uh, oh, no, I already told you that. Listen, LaFonzo Ellis, ESPN college basketball analyst, joins us now. Brought to you by Wendy's. Every day is game day with Wendy's breakfast, the official breakfast of the NCAA. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. LaFonzo, good to have you. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. How you doing this morning? What's up, Fonz? Not much, not much. What's up, Jay? Watch you at Arizona, man. You guys, you guys did your thing out there. Yeah, it was a, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> it was interesting, Jay, because I wasn't part of this. This is my third season with College Game Day, but there was a little bit of animus with the uh, <laughs> Arizona fans and uh, Jay and Seth for some uh, comments that they had made, of course, uh, about the uh, firing of uh, – Sean Miller. And so uh, it was interesting to walk into that environment because I've gotten used to when we're there, people are so thrilled to have us there. And we walk out there and you'd think that we were uh, a big time uh, three man band walking out there with the applause that they give us. Not, not so much when we walked out there. So I thought that was that was interesting. But uh, the atmosphere was incredible. And the game was uh, what, what a game. Uh, Fon, speaking of an atmosphere that got a little bit crazy and chaotic, what are your thoughts on the Jawan Howard, Greg Gard situation that occurred yesterday? It was interesting because as I was watching the end of the game, I thought it was kind of curious that Jawan kept pressing at, at the very end, you know, under the 30 seconds or so. I was like, huh, that, that, that's interesting. But of course, he had uh, several of his bench guys in. Uh, Greg Gard had uh, several of his bench guys in. And uh, I could see over on the side when Greg Gard caught that timeout, I could see Juwan uh, irritated about that one, as I would be, obviously, <laughs> as a player. And uh, then we get to the line, and the camera's on the line, and uh, clearly Juwan was going to just blow. We call in <laughs> sports, we call it a blow-by. Clearly, he was going to blow right back, right by Greg Gard, uh, disappointed and, and frustrated and angry about the fact that he would call a timeout in that situation. And uh, then I see Greg Gard grab him. I was like, oh, boy, this is not going to be good. I certainly didn't think it was going to escalate into what it did. But uh, uh, you could kind of see it coming. And then, unfortunately, to see Jawan lose his cool and uh, take a swipe at, at Coach Krabinoff was, uh, and then the ensuing melee. It was, I just thought it was a really bad day for college basketball all the way around. When you see everything that transpired, what do you think the punishment should be for Jawan Howard? Okay, I think the punishment should be a suspension for the rest of the year. And I say it this way is I played for three years for Digger Phelps uh, when I was at Notre Dame, one year for John McLeod. And I can always hear those guys talking about class and decorum, right? And, uh, you know, we lose a, a, a game where we thought we should have had it or something may have gone wrong in the game, the guys playing dirty and that kind of thing. And, and we lose. Digger always talked about uh, losing with class and learning how to deal with defeat in terms of competition. And uh, I, that, that's how I'm wired. And so uh, to, to see the leader of your program lose his cool that way 
and 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 create a situation where there's the ensuing melee. Uh, I, I don't think, and, and especially knowing that last year he, him having charged Mark Churgeon and there was no disciplinary action, I think they have to send a clear and concise message that this is not going to be tolerated as one of the great faces uh, of our sports program. So I thought he, I think he should be suspended for the rest of the year. And that's unfortunate because this is a Michigan team that has gotten a little bit better over the last month that have put themselves on the outside of the bubble that with a couple wins and, and a good showing in the big 10 uh, tournament could have been a team that could get to the uh, NCAA tournament, uh, especially a team like that, who's underperformed early in the season that they could put themselves in position to get to the NCAA tournament. So it's a really unfortunate situation, but I think given the gravity of his position at Michigan and what took place, uh, I, I think it should be suspended for the rest of the year. So when you say rest of the year, you mean if there's a, if the, whatever happens, regular season playoffs, you know, postseason, it, the rest of the year or just the regular season? The rest of the year, Max. Gotcha. Okay, but I, you mentioned that Greg Guard stopped Jawan when everybody knew he was going to walk by him. So I he grabbed get, him. He literally, yeah. he literally grabbed him, which, so, which, which he should be held accountable for as well. Because that was the first blow. That, that right there, if Greg Guard would have just said a few things to him and allowed Jawan to walk right past him, we would have never gotten to where we got. So it's interesting because of the post game and all the things that I've seen, it's been Juwan, uh, Juwan, Juwan, Juwan. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. A, a, a visiting, uh, a coach, an opposing coach has no place to put his hands on, on, on a coach. So I think he should get some disciplinary action as well. He's, 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 he's culpable also. Yeah, but and, and I want to get to Crab and Harf as, as well because in situations like that, coaches coming over, their job is to de-escalate situations, right? Yes. Not to escalate yes. them. So for Guard and Crab and Harf, what do you think the punishment should be for both of those guys or any other Wisconsin coaches who were involved in that altercation yesterday? Sure, uh, and and I'm, I, I think Juwan should be suspended for the rest of the year, and I think Greg Guard and 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 Coach Crab should get a at least a one-game suspension because again, uh, to your point, Greg, Greg Guard should have never put his hands on Coach on Coach Howard to begin with. Uh, that's problematic. And then to your point, uh, any time in sports where you see two teams that are heated and and the players lose their cool, who's usually the first person or the first people? Uh, to to get involved, it's usually the assistant coaches trying to get everyone out of the way, trying to de-escalate. I I don't know. It's just, I, I don't you know, I, I don't see every sports and sporting event out there, but I can't remember the last time that I saw an assistant coach escalate a situation versus trying to de-escalate the situation. So I I think both of them should be suspended for at least a game as well. Talk Levan- go ahead, Alfonso Ellis, college basketball, ESPN analyst, college game day, joining us here on Keyshawn J. Will and Max Fonza. I was trying to break down to the guys and to people just from a sheer basketball perspective about Mm -hmm. uh, how insulting it is when you're up double digits Mm -hmm. with 14 or 15 seconds left in the game for the opposing Mm -hmm. coach on their home floor to call a timeout. Can you you explain uh, to everybody about why that's the case from a Hooper perspective? Yeah, we, 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 we talk about decorum, right? There, there's certain things that you don't do. And, and Jay, fortunately, it only happened a couple of times where you, you, you're down to a team. Uh, it's, it's obviously we didn't have shot clocks in high school, 
But then all of a sudden, you know, team's got a 15, 20-point lead, and the dude dunks the ball, right? <laughs> and, uh, and you're like, hot about that because that's one of those no-nos. There, there's these unwritten rules in, in, in basketball that you just don't do. And calling a timeout with 10 seconds left in a situation like that, regardless of the fact that uh, it looked like you guys going to be trapped and there was going to be a 10-second violation or a turnover, you just don't call a timeout in that situation. I understand where Greg Gard's coming from. He's saying that he had his bench guys in and didn't want them to turn the basketball over. You suck it up and you take the uh, turnover, you take the violation, and you move on. In, in, in sports, you just don't do that. That's one of those unwritten rules. You just, you just that it's, it's shooting the ball. Uh, to, to make a basket, dunking it, or time out. All of those things are unwritten, unwritten rules and absolute no-nos in, 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 in our sport. It's LaFonzo Ellis, ladies and gentlemen, ESPN college basketball analyst. Appreciate your time, LaFonzo. Thanks. All right, Fonzo. My pleasure. Thanks. Thanks for having me on, fellas. Keep doing your thing, brother. So, Have a good day now. You too. So uh, it's interesting because, you know, I say don't, you know, don't start and I won't be none, right? All of this is like we're trying to litigate these these little fine lines of social interaction. Coach Guard grabs Coach Juwan Howard's left arm, right? Grabs it. Is that okay? He no, put his hands on him. Not. But he could claim, oh, I'm just trying to stop you for a second. I want to tell you something. But then he says, take my hand, and then he doesn't. All that you can litigate. It could be a problem. It could be, but once you take a swing, yes. then people forget everything else. Yeah. You can't take a swing. Um Bruce Arian said, guys, he'd be shocked to see Tom Brady return to the NFL. Have we seen the end of Brady in the NFL, or is a comeback imminent? That's coming up next on Keyshawn, J. Willemax, on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 8. Keyshawn, J. Willemax, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Series XM Channel 80. Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider with us now. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, guys. How are you? Doing well. Uh, have Harry Douglas in for Key today. Bruce Arians told Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, Mike, that uh, 
he'd be shocked if Tom Brady came out of retirement. Would you expect Tom Brady to come back at some point? Um, <clears throat> I don't believe so, but you never know. And I think if you're Tampa Bay, while you're hoping he will, I just don't think it's something you could plan on reasonably. Now, Mike, I just don't, for some reason, when you think about Tom Brady, you think about his entire adulthood playing football, and Max has stated this on numerous of occasions, that we feel like Tom Brady retired not really on his terms, but more so on his family's terms. Do you feel that same way? Uh, yeah, I think that's a real factor, Harry, you know, just in terms of um, – you know, it's apparent that, you know, his kids are getting older and wants to spend time with them. And, you know, I think as we all get older, you know, things change and circumstances change. And, you know, it's one thing to be single or married without kids. And I'm sure that was a factor. Now, I want to get to the, the Brian Flores situation. When you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, you look at the organization, you look at the Rooney Rule. Mike Tomlin, before this hiring system, was the only black coach in the National Football League. What is your take on the significance of the Steelers hiring Brian Flores? Well, I thought it was a smart move. Um, you know, you can bring in a guy that's as accomplished as Coach Flores, who had, you know, back-to-back uh, winning seasons in Miami. And, you know, let's face it, the Steeler defense wasn't what it once was, and you could bring somebody of his acumen in. Um, thought that was it was a smart move by Coach Tomlin. And, um, you know, that's what good organizations do. They take advantage of opportunities. That said, Mike T, Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN and NFL front office insider with us, Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, Harry Douglas in for key today. That said, who does it help more, this move? Flores, who gets a job in the NFL while he has a, an ongoing lawsuit against the NFL and three teams. Um, that's unusual, right? Or the Steelers, who get a very successful head coach, not even as a coordinator, as an assistant and positions coach, who does it help more, Flores or the Steelers, in your opinion? Yeah, you know, Max, I think it's a win-win. I think it, it helps both sides. You know, for, from a Steeler perspective, again, like this defense wasn't what it once was. And you, you look at the great players they have in T.J. Watt, Mika Fitzpatrick. Um, they should have a great defense. And, and Brian Flores is a great coach. You know, he has a linebacker background. He played at a B.C., coached at New England, and so I think from that standpoint, it helps. And then I think, you know, from a standpoint of Brian Flores, you're around Mike Tomlin. You know, guys, we've seen this a lot in recent years where guys will go up to New England or let's say like Alabama, we've seen it a lot where, you know, coaches will go, the Steve Sarkeesians or the Bill O'Briens, Doug Marones, they go there for, you know, a year or two, and then they go back out to become a head coach. And I think if I'm Brian Flores, I, I know everything there is about the Bill Belichick system. But for him to spend a year or two with Coach Tomlin, I think – over the course of his career, that will serve him really, really well just to see another approach and, and be around, obviously, a Hall of Fame coach and Coach Tomlin. So hopefully, Max, you know, they'll look back and this is a, a, a win-win. Yeah, I agree with you there. Now, I want you to tell me what's bigger um, in this hiring, the Steelers leading by an example or them giving the NFL the middle finger? Well, you know, the Rooney family, like to me, like they're one of the, you know, sort of like beyond reproach really well-regarded, um, you know, family. Obviously, the Rooney Rule is named after, you know, the Steelers' owner's father. Um, and, you know, they're just a, a classy organization that's been around for, you know, since the beginning of, of the NFL. So I think for them, they, they did what they felt was in their best interest. And, you know, they, they obviously knew about the lawsuit and still did what they felt was right for, for their organization and Coach Flores. So last year, 
Mike. I remember Shefty talking about how many quarterbacks could potentially move teams. And this year, we've heard really big names bandied about, including Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, then recently Kyler Murray, Kirk Cousins. Who am I forgetting? Like, you know, Carson Wentz now. Like, a lot of big names, if not always great quarterbacks, potentially moving teams. But that's a big thing for a, for a big-name quarterback to switch teams. It doesn't happen, like, lightly. Which do you think, which quarterback do you think is most likely going to be on the move this season? Yeah, Max, great question. You know, a week ago I probably would have said Aaron Rodgers, but, you know, allegedly he's broken up with his fiance, who is on the West Coast. Um, his quarterback coach that was very influential in his career early on, Tom Clements, is back. Um, so I think there's probably a little bit momentum of like, hey, if I'm going to play, why not come back? Um, I always thought Denver made a ton of sense if it wasn't Green Bay. And then after that, you know, to me, Russell Wilson, I think he's had a great run in Seattle. And I look at a couple teams, New Orleans and Pittsburgh in particular, that I think those are two teams that have championship defenses. And if Russell Wilson went to any of those, each of those organizations, they would have a chance to win it all. Now, uh, Mike Tannenbaum appears uh, regularly on this just in, a terrific new show. I don't know if you've seen it, Harry uh, Douglas. It's on ESPN, 2 p.m. Eastern. Very handsome host, handsome host. Um, and you and I were talking about this the other day on this just in. Um, if it costs you your whole franchise to get Rodgers, and as you said, it may be unlikely that he leaves Green Bay at this point anyway. If it costs you an arm and a leg, which you seem willing to pay Mike T for a difference maker like Russell Wilson, I get that too. But what if it just costs you an arm instead of an arm and a leg to land a guy like Jimmy G? What kind of premium does Russell Wilson, who's obviously more talented, but so is Aaron Rodgers, and Jimmy G just got by Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs, right? Like, you can go far with Jimmy G. What kind of premium would you be willing to pay for a Russell Wilson, say, over a Jimmy G? I'll give up at least one, maybe two first-round picks. And to me, Max, and we've talked about this before on that dynamic show this just in, um, <laughs> which is you really can't overpay greatness. And when you look at the draft this year, guys, there's a lot more questions than answers. Do I think Kenny Pickett will be a good player? Yeah. You know, Matt Corral has a chance. Malik Willis certainly has a chance. But to go win now, especially with some of these teams that are built to win now, I'd much rather take my chance with – a guy like Russell Wilson. And again, if I had to give up an extra first-round pick, I think we have to look and learn and candidly admire what the Rams just did, which is, you know, some people felt like they overpaid. And candidly, there was a couple of moves I, I felt that way, but they're the ones holding the trophy right now. And if you have to give up a first-round pick that may be, you know, 28th to 30th, you know, a lower first-round pick to go get a quality starter of someone like Russell Wilson, the day he walks in the building, you have a chance to win. I think that's something well worth doing. Yeah, Mike, that was the first thing that came to my mind was the Rams organization. And I want a lot of people to understand certain things because a lot of people are saying, well, that's the way now. No, it only works for certain teams in certain situations. And I think for Pittsburgh, when, it, when you look at the quarterback position, drafting the guy and trying to bring him along, which is not a bad idea. But if you can get a guy via trade or free agency or some, some kind of way at the quarterback position that can be an upgrade over Big Ben, not his entire career, but what we've seen transpire from Big Ben this year, I think that's the way to go. Well, Kaylee, I would do both, Harry. Like, and I think that's how you have to have the mindset now of the quarterback position, which is I think you, you got to be just so aggressive and really scour and, to me, 
when you look at teams like, you know, Kyle Murray got hurt, Daniel Jones got hurt, Lamar Jackson got hurt. There were so many injuries, and we got to get used to saying this, over a 17-game season. Like, you have to win for today and develop for tomorrow at the same time. Interesting, too. You just named three fast quarterbacks who run a lot, and we were always hearing, actually, you're safer outside the pocket than in the pocket, but the three guys you just mentioned are out of the pocket a lot because they can really move, especially in today's game, maybe more than ever, Mike. You need that depth of quarterback. Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN, NFL, front office insider. You hear him regularly on this show, and as I mentioned, terrific. He said, called it a dynamic show. This just in, <laughs> 2 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Thanks, Mike, as always. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Look forward to seeing you later, Max. For sure. Uh, so we're presented by Progressive Insurance, Harry. I don't know if I mentioned that to you yet today. Why, one small comment might tell us a whole lot about Zion Williamson's future. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Keyshawn, J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, your podcast, your smart speaker. So, guys, C.J. McCollum, now the Pelicans guard. It's still weird for me to say that I thought associated with the – Portland for so long on Turner Sports. Listen to what he said when he was asked if he'd spoken to Zion Williamson, his his uh, purported teammate. Have you had a chance to talk to Zion about anything? Have you? I heard he was working out or somewhere else in another city. You know, that's the, obviously the missing piece of what you guys are going to do. He's a big part of our future. Obviously, you know, we're looking forward to getting him back. I haven't had conversations with him directly. I've spoken to some people close to him and look forward to sitting down uh, with him sooner than later. But I, I don't. 
don't really. Uh, I know. I know about as much as you do right now. But really? I'm going to get to the bottom. No, no, no. Well, well, he, I well, I, well Zion, this is a dude who could get 25 a night easily. You better call him. You shouldn't have to call him. So, what does it say about Zion, Jay? That he don't. You know, he hasn't spoken to his nude. By the way. And C.J. McCollum's kind of a get. You know, he's a nice little two-guard. Undersized, but he can shoot and he can score. And the Pelicans have talent. Like, if you just weighed the talent on the team with Brandon Ingram, who who may be an empty stats, empty calorie stats guy. Like, Brandon Ingram show, has to show that he can do that in the service of winning games, you know? Zion, who's supposed to be the face of the league. Now they got C.J. McCollum. They got some pieces. What does it say that Zion hasn't spoken to him? Okay, let's start with you, Harry. Well, I think it it shows a lot of people that what Zion is going through is more serious than what a lot of people probably think, right? And you got to weigh a lot of factors in here, right? Zion was the number one pick with big aspirations of being that guy, right? The up-and-coming face of the, uh, of the NBA uh, association. But he hasn't been that. Zion's only played in 85 games since 2019 being drafted. So with that being said, you're you're hurt. You're not able to move around like you want to move around. So now you're overweight, right? Then the questions lie, hey, you know what? Is Zion going to be that bust that we've seen happen to other guys in the the NBA? Mm. Right? So that's weighing on him. He hasn't lived up to the hype. But then the guy who was taken second overall to the Memphis Grizzlies, is balling out right now. Everyone's talking about John Morant being a MVP candidate. Not to mention he has the Memphis Grizzlies right now, third in the West. So you're seeing all that. You're hearing all this talk. I think Zion is at a place right now where he doesn't want to be around anyone because, number one, he doesn't want to be seen because he's probably overweight because he can't train the way he's supposed to. And then number two. What happened to Joel Embiid, by the way, who's a success story now? But early on, he came in with the knee. He had a back. So part of it was like, he doesn't want it enough. He's not in good enough shape. But also, you can't play yourself into shape or get in shape if you have knee and back issues. But I wonder how much of it was that with Embiid and how much of it with guys like Shaq going, yo, it's, it's, you know, we see this in every sport, sometimes an older kind of um, ex- not like mentor, but a guy who maybe another player looks up to happened in baseball with Roger Clemens and Kurt Schilling or it happened, you know, goes up to you and goes, what you, this is, this is BS what you're doing. And it registers with them. And Embiid has been a success story. So it's not impossible. No, it's not. That Zion could do it. But Jay is, do you think he is the type like Embiid's clearly the type of guy well, who wanted to be great. Well, well, hold on one second here. When, when we mentioned, and I think that's a great analogy. Do you know that Joel Embiid is seven feet tall, 285 pounds? That's a massive person, correct? Yeah, Zion's 6'6". Six, six. Do you know Zion is 6'6", six, six, 316 pounds? He's 316 now? That's what I had him labeled as. Oh. Like, I, I want you to think about that for a second. Like, that, that's um, – and I, I think one – and Harry, to add on to your point, it's something that a lot of us players talked about when we saw him at Duke, right? Because he was so ripped. He was probably in, he was in incredible shape. Mm-hmm. But he just his upper body had such an Anthony Mason-like feel. And his game didn't necessarily translate to longevity, in my opinion, right? Like, a game that translates to longevity is a little bit like Jai, even though he's fearless and he attacks. But he's also, like, he gets his shot off and he dances around the perimeter a lot more, right? He picks and chooses his spots mm-hmm. when he attacks the rim. 
where is Zion 100% of the time pretty much, unless he has a set jump shot, he's attacking the rim. He's banging. And that weight to come down on his knees, he's not bow-legged when you look at him walk, right? He, he walks like his uh, – what's the terminology for it, Max? Pigeon-toed. Pigeon-toed, right? <laughs> like he, with his knees kind of inward. So you start wondering about that combined with the weight, combined with all the things, Harry, that you may mention – and you start wondering about what place of mind, what frame of mind is Zion in right now? Because even when people saw him, I think it was um, a Gatorade commercial. I think he was doing with Zach Levine. And people are like, whoa. Like, that's whoa. You know, like, and, and that becomes a topic of conversation. It doesn't seem like he, like the whole, for C.J. McCollum, not to speak to him. And C.J. McCollum is like the politician of all politicians when it comes to being that premier like, I am a player that's going to lead your locker room and, and do the right thing. You mentioned thing. what he actually does in the NBA, by the well, way. Like running the players union, right? Like it's, um, it's shocking that he has Runs the players union. Yes. But I, what I, but I will say this. I, I think CJ, being in New Orleans, I think he's going to be able to be a guy to reach Zion at some point, right? And you just talked about with some of those guys in the past, it took somebody, it took a veteran, it took somebody to grab them and say, hey, you're better than this. You need to do A, B, C, or D. But at the same time, Zion, once he figure out his mental space, because I do believe, Jay, that he's not there mentally right now because of all the things that you listed, I listed, that Max is talking about. Once he gets to that point, I think C.J. McCollum can be a guy that he can lean on to, number one, keep it real with him. Number two, tell him the things that he should and shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. And – I think when you can have it, that's why I thought it was very, very imperative and important for him to be, C.J. McCullough, to be traded to New Orleans. Jay, well, they had J.J. Redick before on their team, and J.J. was that person that kind of had his arm around. But J.J., Zion. to me, Jay, the mistake so many young teams, GMs of young teams, is you need a veteran on the team, really more than one, but at least one, even when you're building a young foundation who can still ball. J.J. was at the end. C.J. McCullum is still a baller in yeah. the league. Mm-hmm. So when a baller... Even if, even if he's not as talented as Zion, obviously, but as a baller and a veteran presence. And the president of the Players and, Association. You know, that, it, that is a dude who has a chance to reach Zion. I agree. I, I, I hope he does because, you know, this rumor of Zion getting a second surgery on the foot is just it, – it's what we as players you hate. Like, you've been praying that this doesn't happen. Like, you know, people are – People go down the line talking about Joe Burrow and being the same likes of Andrew Luck, and you're looking at Zion saying, like, please, like, I, we don't want Zion to be the, the star that never was due to injuries. We've never seen anything physically like him. No. There's never been that kind of explosiveness in a 300-pounder. Come on. Oh, come on, Zion. Just make the best of it. Get in the best shape you can at least. Listen to C.J. McCollum. Pick up his call for crying out loud. Better yet, why don't you call him? So uh, it was fight night in college hoops yesterday. Fight Wait. night in college hoops. Get you got to love that, Jay. Jay's into boxing. Give me the baby powder. College basketball legend. Fight nights in college hoops. We'll explain next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones 
who get it done.